Hi everyone, this is another SLTV Roundtable podcast. I am not Tybo, uh, this is Adam at the Tiller today. I don't even know what a Tiller is, but I'm at it. I'm there. Um, I've been joined by a couple of our regulars, a little bit of a different team. Ty is not with us today. Um, he's kind of backed out of this one through not really knowing the thing that we're talking about, which is absolutely fine. Um, so we're going to go around the table and see who's here to join us. Uh, so we'll kick off with Callum. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Adam. And in a minute, we'll, we'll meet our next guest, but it's good to be back. Um, I'm in a similar boat as Ty to where I don't really know a great deal about progress. So I'm going to allow Adam and Matt to talk me through it a bit before giving predictions on tomorrow night's show. Yep, so I'm Matt. Um, so the past couple of episodes I've been subbing for you, Callum, and now I'm subbing for Tybo. So no, so just, just be worried, Adam. I'm obviously coming for you at some point. Next um, week is my turn. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to be, I'm sort of, I guess I'm here because I am a bit of a, I, I'm someone who's followed progress for, for quite a number of years and um, try and go see a lot of the shows and really sort of keep myself up to date with it. So um, I'm here to sort of impart some of that knowledge and my thoughts on, on things. Yeah. So what we, what we want to do today is obviously progress is now back on our screens. It's now back giving us shows and especially, you know, for me and Matt, like we've, so me and Matt, you know, we go all the way back to around about 2010-ish when we used to work at a cinema together. Um, and then, you know, life does what life does. I went away to university, all that kind of stuff. And naturally, the next time we start getting in touch with each other and talking to each other, seeing each other, was through progress shows uh, because we were naturally just going to the same shows at the Ritz in Manchester um, and going through it that way. And we were both pretty excited when they announced that they were coming back and especially the surprising but happily surprising conclusion or decision that they're putting their shows on the network straight off as well not just on demand progress um which i can assume or just think even is just good for business because more eyes are on it that's it you know um so what we decided to do is we have watched last week's show so we've watched the natural progression so chapter one or four and from there um, we want to discuss what's going to happen at Chapter 105 or what we think is going to happen at Chapter 105. But ultimately, we know that there's going to be a lot of people out there who are listening to this who might be unaware of progress, might not be fully aware of what progress is, similar to Callum, similar to Ty. Um, so again, Ty's first progress show was the Natural Progression series from last week. He'd never seen the progress show before that. So actually, what we wanted to do today is go through maybe a little bit of history, who progress are, what they've done in the past, the kind of chapters that they have. Um, probably me and Matt talking through some of our favourite memories of different progress shows that we've been to. And then lead into what happened on the show last week and what's going to happen tomorrow night, like I've already said. But what we want to do first is give a little bit of a disclaimer. Now, unfortunately, um, a couple of things happened during 2020, not just COVID, that affected BritRess and uh, the wrestling industry as a whole, but also the speaking out movement. And one thing that Matt and I and Callum just want to kind of put across right now is that this episode is purely a celebration of progress and a celebration of progress's return. What we are not going to do is delve into the speaking out movement. We're not necessarily going to go into any staffing changes that have happened. We're not really going to go into why X wrestler isn't on shows anymore and things like that. That is probably going to be a podcast further down the line, but admittedly, 
we have all said this this week in discussions that we've had this week, that the only way that we are going to do that is when we are ready with the facts, backed up, and so that we speak the truth. We don't want any speculation or anything like that. Now, incidentally, what I do want to say is congratulations and a huge well done for showing the courage of everyone who did come out during the speaking out movement because it was absolutely 100% the right thing to do. Um, so also, while I'm on that note, we are going to mention, or we probably will mention some people that were involved but on the opposite side of things, people who had allegations made against them and things like that. We've had a little bit of a chat off podcast. We would have found it very, very difficult not to mention certain people. And if we mention those people who were involved in the company, who maybe may have been champions at certain points, that does not mean at all that we are endorsing anything that they have done. It just merely coincides with the fact that they are part of that company's history and part of progress's history. And that's pretty much where we're going to lay it lie. In that, you know, every now and again, we might mention Chris Benoit. Doesn't mean that we agree with his actions. Every now and again, today, we might mention somebody who, again, was involved in the speaking out movement. Do We do not agree with their actions at all. Just to get out that out of the way, get that heavy stuff out of the way. So we well, can so. kind of rest easy a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So um, the first little bit I wanted to do, Matt, and I think, to be honest, you might not lead this bit, but you might have more information than I do, is we're just going to talk a little bit about the, pro- the history of progress. So where they started out, um, and I'm pretty aware, and again, I'm trying to do this off my own back a little bit. They started out in 2012. Yep. Chapter one was from, and forgive me if I get the venue name wrong, was it the garage? Garage, that's right. In was London. that in Camden? I'm not, sure, I'm not sure where it is now. It might be in Camden. Okay. Um, well, the, the, the thing with on. progress is it's, um, the, so the story goes that, um, it was started originally by two people, Jim Smallman and John Bryder. John Bryder is a comedy agent, Jim Smallman being a stand-up comedian. And both found out that they both quite liked wrestling. Um, and they were in uh, Ed- the Edinburgh Fringe Festival once. And um, they were watching some uh, PWG, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla from America, um, that, that I think Jim had. And basically, John just turned to him and went, we should do this in London. Uh, because at the time there wasn't a dominant promotion in London, the um, the 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 the, uh, the spiel had been that pro that pro wrestling never works in London, so they basically went well let's see, and so they put a lot of money together, and they set up and they did the first progress show, they started this chapters mantra, so now every show is a chapter, and uh, the first uh, the first one was very simple, it was for. It was a tournament to, to declare the first progress champion. And out of necessity, because there's only two of them, Jim became the, uh, the ring announcer. Fun little fact, if you haven't gone back and watched the, the early episodes of progress, which I have because I'm a bit of a nerd, the, um, the original, there wasn't a belt. They didn't have a belt at first. They had a staff, a huge <laughs> staff. And um, they'd had, uh, they'd early on got this logo of an eagle. And unfortunately, the eagle on the massive staff did look a bit Nazi. So eventually they got rid of that and made it into a beautiful belt instead. But that's where it originated. Um, and, it, and, it, and it was in the garage and, and they, they began to not just have spot matches, but actually start to develop some storylines. And it escalated from there. They ended up selling out the garage on a regular basis. So they ended up moving to uh, the electric ballroom, which is definitely in Camden. And, um, and then every year, 
in roughly in September, they would have um, from 2014, 14 or 15, I think I want to say, they had their, they, they would have one big show a year. Um, and the first one was chapter 36, uh, which was, which happened at um, the, uh, oh God, what's it called? The theatre, it was called. Brixton Academy. Thank you, Brixton Academy, there we go. There we go. Uh, anyway, so and then, and then and then they've had big shows every September up until the lockdown, um, and then the ballroom has very much been their home, and they basically have been putting on shows once a month there. Um, they branched out and started putting shows on across the country as well. So they've they um, the the Ritz in Manchester became that their second home. They'd have shows there two or three times a year, but they've gone as but they've they've had shows in uh, Newcastle, uh, Birmingham. They've had a few shows, uh, Bournemouth randomly. Um, where else? And, they've, and they also had a, they did have a few chapter shows abroad over in the United States as well when they've been on tours over in America. So it's a little, it's a little company that a lot of people got behind, and it got to the point where, particularly the in the year, in sort of 2018, 2019, particularly 2018 particularly, it got to the point where it was probably the most dominant company in Britain. And to the point where in 2009, no, 2018, they had their biggest show of the year, uh, which was in 2018, uh, which was chapter 76. It was called Hello Wembley, where they actually had a progress chapter show at Wembley Arena. And it now holds the record for the largest attendance, the largest modern attendance for an English wrestling show, not British because ICW had more at the Hydro. But it's uh, so it's broken a fair few records there, and that was main evented by Walter and Tyler Bate for the Progress Championship. That's just a very. We're going to go into more detail, but I'm going to stop talking for a little bit. When did you? When did you guys come across Progress for the first time? Um, when did I come across? But actually, right. So I, I keep remembering this off and on again. In 2014, I think it must have been. I was on a bus going into Manchester City Centre and I was wearing a Cesaro and Tyson Kidd t-shirt from back when they were a tag team Yeah. and somebody on the top deck of the bus saw me and recognised the t-shirt and he went oh mate, mint t-shirt, do you like wrestling? I said yeah and he went have you ever have you ever been to watch Progress? and I said no, no but I'd, what I'd seen because again I'm a bit of a geek like this especially when we're not in lockdown is I have a weekly scroll through things like the MEN website, the Apollo website, the Ritz, just to see what shows are on and what shows have been announced. And forever, I kept seeing the back of the classic progress T-shirt that says things like punk rock, pro wrestling, all that kind of stuff. And it just being announced that it was taking place at the Ritz. And that was all really I knew of progress at the time that they had wrestling shows in the Ritz. Um, and he just said, you need to get onto it because it's great. You need to get to one of these shows because it's great. And I can't, and then, you know, start tra teacher training and you don't have any time to kind of follow anything new or anything like that. But I cannot remember for the life of me what the thing was that made me start going back into it. But it must have been something on Twitter. And I think it was around the time of Unboxing 2, possibly. Which I was um, at. Well, that, I mean, you might be the reason why. You might have retweeted something <laughs> and then I went, oh my days let's get into progress because actually I remember 
I'd started going to WCPW shows and I started going to Defiant shows. And I thought, actually, I quite like this indie feel. Let's try and see if we can get progress tickets. And I remember tweeting saying, um, I'm really up for trying to see if I can get progress tickets for the next show. And I think they tweeted me, the people who were running the Twitter account at the time, saying, would be great to have you or something like that. And then you tweeted me saying, make sure you get in there early because they sell out like anything. They sell out really, really quickly. And I, I think actually I didn't manage to. I think I tried, but I didn't manage to. Um, but eventually, you know, as we'll get into in just a little bit, I did get into some shows before uh, lockdown and things like that. Um, but Callum, where are you with progress in terms of have you seen anything that they've done before? Or I mean, it's, you know, if you haven't watched progress like I have properly, um, you know, you're at a point where you probably have still heard of progress. You know, I mean, a lot of the guys on the NXT UK roster, like your, your Pete Dunne, your Tyler Bates, your Walters, they've all come through progress and have really, you know, become stars because of that company. Mm. So, like, even if you haven't watched it, you know you know the roster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because that, So what we're going to do is, again, we're essentially treating this as you might not have heard of progress. So we're going to talk to you about progress and we're going to take you through some certain things. So Matt mentioned that back in the day, chapter one, in the beginning, in the garage, um, they didn't have a championship. They had a staff. And if we just go through some of the names of people that have been world champions. So the first one was Nathan Cruz, um, who I'd seen later on um, in, I think, I'm sure he was on WS, World of Sport for a little bit. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you then go into people like Rampage Brown, Mark Andrews, Jimmy Havoc, Will Ospreay, Mighty Skrull, um, Mark Haskins again, Pete Dunne, Travis Banks, Walter, Eddie Dennis, and we get to where we are now with Karen Noir. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but one of the sheer sort of unadulterated in all entrances that I have ever seen in my life was the last progress show when I went to and Karen Noir came out. And that was that was without WWE production. That was without the big shiny thing all over it. It was just, we're going to turn the lights off in the Ritz. We're going to have a couple of spotlights. And it's just, everyone was just silent as he made his entrance. And it was, it was again, one of us, it was a pure sight to behold. And then he had an absolute smasher of a match against Dilja Dragunov, um, which again, I cannot complain about. The thing um, that's that, so just talking briefly about Karen Noir and just to sort of place progress in context of other British wrestling companies, Karen Noir is a really good example. So um, his first appearance for Progress happened a couple of a couple of months beforehand at the Natural Progression series at the Electric Ballroom, which I was at. Now mm. in that Natural Progression series, that's the that was what they would they would call that series six Natural Progression series, which happened in two thousand and nineteen. Now in that match in that tournament. You had Karen Noir, who at that point had really made a name for himself at Riptide in Brighton. You had Dan Maloney, a man who's really made a name for himself at Fight Club Pro. You had Scotty Davis, who was really breaking ground over at OTT. You had OJMO, who was had been used on Progress, but was also very much being used quite heavily by Rev Pro. So you ended up in this tournament having sort of the best bits of all these other wrestling companies who had come together and taken part in the Natural Progression series. It really solidified for me that progress is very much at the, 
or it feels like that progress is very much at the forefront of the British wrestling scene. It's the it's the high it's the top tier for lack of a better term. Um, not that there's anything wrong with all the other companies, by the way. Shout out to Tidal. I love Tidal and Leeds, little company, brilliant. But progress is very much like if you get to progress and you main event progress, you're going to go some places. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, very similar to the World Championship then, um, with a championship of progresses that had a bit of a weird start, was the Tag Team Championships. Because we started out without belts, but with a huge yin-yang symbol and each tag team champion had one half of the symbol. And when you put them together, it made the full circle. Which I, don't know why they, I don't know why they were, they were, why they were obsessed with not having belts. Belts are cool. They <laughs> look great. And those shields just looked heavy and hard work. Oh, we're going to be different. We're going to have a staff and a shield. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your first tag team champions were FSU, the team of Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis. They then dropped the titles to the Faceless or the Origin, which was um, Nathan Cruz and El Ligero. Sumerian Death Squad are in there as former champions, so Tommy Ender, Michael Dante, the London Riots, obviously British Strong Style, CCK, GYV, Grizzle Young Veterans, Flamita and Bandido, which was a surprise title drop while they were overseas. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna repeat my Bandido story from when we went to go and see the podcast, which we'll get onto in a little bit. Mm-hmm. The podcast, I suppose. Um, I went to. I was volunteering at Wrestling MediaCon a couple of years ago, where um, but I was fortunate to meet a lot of number of people, including Jushin Thunder Liger. So very happy that I went and did that. Wow. And um, for <laughs> I don't know why, um, but everyone kind of stopped dead when we all watched. Flamita, no, Bandido, sorry, in his full gear, just walk into the toilet. It was just one of the funniest things to see. And it was just like, okay, yeah, there we go. In full gear. I think he's he came out as his music was on because he had the match, but he just thought, I'm going to go in here in full gear and I'm just going to use the public toilet. It's right. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so just some more tag team champions. So you go into Swords of Essex, Essex and Aussie Open. Aussie Open, a big favourite of mine. Um, I think those guys are great. And then... We kind of where we get to with the tag team championships, or similar to where we got to with Karen Noir being the current Progress World Champion. Currently, we do not have tag team champions because um, Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis were stripped of the championships after the allegations that came out from the Speaking Out movement. So we'll see what happens there with those because I I think, and this again alludes to something that we're going to talk to him about in a little bit. The fact that you've got a team in the National Progression Series in. Uh, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs with the Young Guns, they would be a really handy tag team to have in some kind of let's put the titles back on somebody tournament. Um, moving forward a little bit, we're going to just jump ahead to the Women's Championship. So the Women's Championship was only introduced in uh, May of 2017. Now I've got here that it was um, at Super Strong Style 16 um, and the person who is the inaugural Women's Champion is current NXT star Tony Storm. So again, we're talking about how far people have come from progress. I'm right in saying that Tony Storm won one of the Natural Progression series as well, aren't I? That's right. There was a Natural yeah. Progression series, which were which was a women's tournament for the women's championship. And, and again, so Tony, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Um, so I was just going to say, so Tony dropped the title to Ginny, who then lost it to Jordan Grace, who is currently in Impact Wrestling. Um, then to Japanese legend Miko Satomura, which I think I remember at the time, um, Jim Smallman saying that she was his kind of 
um, bucket list of booking that if he could book anybody, she would be one of them. And I think he was really chuffed that he actually got it. Um, and that, not, chapter 95 still chasing. That was at Ali Pali, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. You were there? I was. <laughs> As a rule, I, try and go, I tried, for, um, and hopefully I'll still be able to in the near future. From from when I started following them back in 2000 and, uh, 2018, 2016, sorry. From 2016 onwards, any of the big shows I always tried to go to. So um, we should talk briefly about sort of the big shows that happen because you've yep. dropped that phrase super strong style. Calum, do you know what that is? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, it's kind of like, like a, it's a 16-man tournament between like the best wrestlers available, really. It's basically, it's Progress's answer to Bola. It's yeah. Los Angeles or the 16 carat from WXW. That's basically what it is. It's just a big ass tournament of 16 guys. There's not even any um, particular prize for winning, I don't think. There's, there's never necessarily been, you know, there hasn't always been the winner gets to face so and so at so and so. Have they but not introduced that it is a championship match? Because Travis Banks went on afterwards. Yeah, and, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's it's implied. I think. It's oh basically. right, okay. It's never basically mm-hmm. you get this. The prestige, <laughs> the prestige is winning the Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Of course, that's, that's the idea. Right. And um, in and uh, when it first for the first couple of years it took place, it they had it at the ballroom over a period of three days, and then they realised it was big enough and enough fans were wanting to come see it, um, not just from the UK but from from abroad. To the point where it usually happens um, in the May bank holiday around um, uh, in yeah, around summertime at Alexandra Palace, um, which is where they often have their big shows um, in September as well. Whether or not they have them going forward, who knows? But for now, that's that's basically the case. Now, um, and they are fantastic. It's like going to a wrestling festival. It's brilliant. Essentially, you just get to you see these three shows every day, and then, then the, I, I love a wrestling tournament because the narrative is there. You know, you're literally, you know, the narrative yeah. takes care of itself. And um, and so I've been to two super strong styles, both of which were pretty good and um, had some amazing little moments in them. So, yeah, so super strong style is a big thing for progress. Um, the unboxing show, should we talk about unboxing? As another yeah, sort of by thing? all means, yeah. yeah. So another key, another key feature of the progress calendar is in the month of December, in between, usually in between Christmas and New Year, they have a show called Unboxing, which is basically no one knows what's going to be on. So you pay your ticket, you pay your money, and you don't know what you're going to see. And um, we ended up, and it ends up becoming, it's quite exciting, basically, because you go and, you know, normally Progress and social media are quite good at building up in the week before what's going to be on the card that weekend. You don't get any of that. You get no announcements, no nothing. All you end up with is a big, big question mark. And just to give you a bit of context, the the, fir- the, the second one, which is, the, I'll, I'll talk about the second one mainly because that's the one, the first one I went to. Um, in terms of matches that were that were had there, um, I'll tell you the last four. The, there was a match, there was a 12 days of Christmas tag team match between where, where Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins defeated Clint Majera and Drew Parker. There was a singles match of a returning Rampage Brown against Flash Morgan Webster. We then had uh, the Progress World Title match, which at that point was on Travis Banks, against Will Ospreay. And that match was incredible. And then it ended 
with a WWE UK title match with Pete Dunne against Jack Gallagher. Now, that's not bad as a card. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Because that was that's the first one I remember watching on Demand Progress. So the point is, is that the you know, the point and, and the point is that they have surprises. That 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 um, and and it's deliberately um, the, the the people who run Progress deliberately treat it as non-canon. So basically, what you get is wrestlers coming and having a bit of a laugh. So um, in the, the first match of that of that um, chapter is an elimination eight-man tag match, which they're not allowed to call a Survivor Series match. And at one point, um, w- one of the wrestlers, Chris Brooks. Uh, was meant to be wrestling with Kid Lycos, but he was injured, so he brought on an inflatable Kid Lycos. And they mimicked the I'm sorry, I love you super kick with Kid Lycos getting kicked off the top balcony and landing on the crowd, who in, who in turn fell to the ground because of the weight of the, of the inflatable Kid Lycos. It's all very fun and very silly and in really, really good spirit, is what I would say. Um, and I think that's that's something which I think for me personally, watching progress, that's something that really stood out for me is that there was an element of humour to it. They had some amazing, deliberately gritty, hardcore matches. But as well as that, there was always an element of comedy to some of their some of the shows, to some part of the shows at least. And that always stood out for me. Oh, definitely. Um, just to come back to unboxings and things like that. So um, there's one match from unboxing uh, chapter 82, um, so this was 2018, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it was Trent Seven versus um, Los Federales Santos Jr. And yes. it's one of those matches where, you, as wrestling fans, I'm sure we always get the question of why do you watch wrestling? And you'll try and put it across as, have you seen these great matches? You know, I could show you like, let's just think, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan, you mm-hmm. know, and it's going to be amazing. I'm going to show you Trent Seven versus Santos because it's hilarious and it was just one of the funniest matches I have ever seen. The fact that you can get a fake gun, it's not even a fake gun, it's the hand gesture of a gun mm-hmm. and that everybody in the crowd ducks as it comes round and as it sweeps round. It is absolutely hilarious. Um, what, and that, then, that's go on. Sorry, that's what's really nice about progress, I think, um, is that there is an, there's an element of inclusivity and look, we're all here. Everyone's in on the joke. Everyone knows the shtick. Let's have some fun with it. And there's always moments in the shows like that. But one thing I will want to, I want us to come onto at some point, I'm gonna, I will let you finish. I'm going to let you finish is storylines and uh, some of the sellability of that. But, uh, but carry on, sorry. Yeah, definitely. No, I was just going to mention the last unboxing that happened um, as to where we are now. So this was chapter 30th. Uh, sorry, not chapter 30th, December 30th, 2019, chapter 100. And this is notable for being Jim Smallman's last show uh, as a progress booker, producer, whatever, basically one third of progress. Um, and to me, this seemed like everybody who had worked with Jim over the years, he'd booked, he'd put on the show, and a lot of them were doing it because it was Jim's last show. Um, because there was a lot of people stepping into the ring, going over to him, giving him a hug, things like that. And it was very it was very sentimental and very emotional to watch. Um, but some of the great things that you had on this show were things like Ilya Dragunov uh, versus Kyle Fletcher, um, Cara Noir versus uh, Paul Robinson, Mark Haskins and Connor Mills. And then Mustache Martin, so Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. 
against Dan Maloney. And then I'm assuming, Matt, because you were the, the roof absolutely coming off the ballroom when Rampage Brown turned up. Because watching that back every single time is absolutely phenomenal. It's not the first time of many where I've lost my voice at a progress show. And having Rampage (laughs) Brown, mainly for his, I'll be honest with you, I love Rampage Brown. I think he's a brilliant wrestler. Really glad he signed for NXT UK. Um, But his music for progress is really, that sold him. You know what I mean? That was what really brought people to the the show. Um, And that really helped. And that's the thing. Progress has got this this mantra of strong style punk rock pro wrestling. So if you break that down, they're heavily influenced by Japanese wrestling. So they really go for the kicks, the punches and things looking real and looking brutal. And they go with the punk approach because it is that's their premise. The idea is is that this was a company set up by two, three people um, who and it's them that completely did it. Now, now, nowadays, there's lots more people involved. But it originally started with them three just going, well, we keep being told London's, you can't run wrestling in London. Let's see if we can. And then them doing it. So it has this, um, and people will mock it, especially now with its affiliations with WWE, um, in terms of, you know, how, oh, how can you be punk rock if you sign, if you know, you're, you're in Vince McMahon's pocket. But that's its origins and that's where it came from. And so I think that's really important to talk about. There's, um, there, there's a breakthrough moment there's a breakthrough story or a rather a breakthrough storyline with progress that really set it off and really launched it. Um, Connor, do you know much about a uh, Callum? Sorry. Connor, geez. <laughs> it's because I'm reading the Connor Mills thing on next to me. Do you know much about Jimmy Havoc in progress? Not, not a great deal, to be honest. I mean, I obviously heard of Jimmy Havoc and his ties with AEW and WCPW, but you know, tell me what's his, Story in progress. Progress the, progress has a tendency to have matches which don't necessarily have a storyline. And yeah. then, then they had Jimmy Havoc win the championship. This was early on. This was, um, this was in the first 30, 35 chapters this storyline took place. And it was absolutely spectacular as a storyline of Jimmy Havoc being the guy who always pushes all the younger British talent and doesn't get to actually be the man and be the guy in charge and so there's an amazing storyline involving Jim Smallman actually where basically he Jim he makes Jim Smallman count to three for Jimmy Havoc winning the Progress Championship and he holds it for over a year and uh, in that time builds up a rivalry with Will Ospreay so they're two very different wrestlers Jimmy Havoc is a hardcore guy willing to put his body on the line doing anything. Will Ospreay is the flippy guy who will also put his body on the line, but arguably his wrestling style is more aesthetically beautiful. And it, and it's just, it's a, it's a storyline that they went with both the st- both in the staff of Progress, but also Jimmy Havoc as well. It's the first time he was ever given something really gritty to actually get his teeth into for him to work on. And it, um, and it paid dividends. Jimmy Havoc and that storyline of progress is the reason progress are as big as they are now. Without that, you wouldn't have Wembley. Without that, you wouldn't have the affiliation with WWE. That is why progress is the biggest company on the planet. In, no, biggest company in the UK. <laughs> the, that that storyline, the Osprey Havoc storyline, 
is one as admittedly someone who's come to progress late is one of the the things from progress history that I've gone back and watched every single part of it on demand progress. I think somebody in the now old fans group on Facebook posted, these are the key moments of that rivalry. These are the chapters that you need to watch to get the key moments. And I went back in and I did all of them and I absolutely loved it. It is one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling ever. And then they're kind of, they recently, I say recently, probably talking two years ago, they had a kind of big final culmination match, which, you know, there's a lot of finals that happen in wrestling. There's a lot of kind of last time evers that happen in wrestling. It had a real finality to it. And I think it was basically just marking that Osprey was moving to Japan and was, wasn't going to be in um, English wrestling anymore, British anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I, can't, I don't even know what else to say. It was, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. And you, you're totally right, Matt, in that I think sometimes storylines in progress do go few and far between. Um, and actually, I think that's almost part of why it's so popular in that all that these wrestling fans want, all that us as wrestling fans want, are to go and see some great matches. We don't need to see two people face each other for the 11th time because there's a storyline that's linked to it. But just because it's right in front of me in the notes that I'm looking at. So my first show, my first progress show uh, live was chapter 80. Uh, gods and monsters which was at the o2 ritz and the first match on that card was paul robinson versus chris ridgeway which you know you put it on paper that's again hard hitting you know absolutely in your face and that was a kind of oof this is progress live okay we'll, we'll start from there and i went with my wife who admittedly she she's not a big fan of the let's all sit on basically on the on small like rickety chairs on the floor and you're so close to it and you're so next to it so when kind of skip forward a little bit you got the tag team match which was um it was mark hastings and eddie dennis against chuck mambo and bill Eva of dnr so do not resuscitate we were right at the point where Mark Haskins decided to throw a believer into us. <laughs> so it was get up out of your seats and move as quickly as possible. Every time we've been since then, we sit on the stage because that's the only place where she will sit because she feels like she's away from it until, you know, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Zach Gibson started swearing towards me. And she was like, why are we sat here? Why are we sat here? I was like, you, you chose it. You don't come and ask me. Um, but just because I'm into it now, let's let's just go through chapter 80 because it was my first show really quickly. Um, it was around the time where Trent Seven was Atlas champion, and we'll go into the Atlas champion in just a little bit, championship in a little bit. Um, he was doing an open challenge, and it was answered by Dan Maloney, who got, obviously, the huge reaction that he got. Um, some fantastic matches on this show, including an absolute sprint between Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne, where it was literally just... It was, I think it was 10 minutes and they threw everything but the kitchen sink at each other. And I was just like, I am well here for this. I absolutely love this. Um, and then my ultimate, ultimate kind of, actually, no, I was, I was, I almost forgot about that one. Ilya Dragunov versus Tyler Bate. Pfft, there's another great one. That was a semi-main event. But then the main event was CCK, Brooks and Gresham versus LAX, who are now Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful one of, if not the best match I've ever seen live. And I have a GIF, right? And I'm going to show you guys because you can see it on the screen. 
Um, I've just got. To, I'm now going to have to find it on my phone. Um, basically, um, during the match, Santana decided that he needed a little bit of a break. So he. Can't, I don't know how well you're going to be able to see that. He comes and he sits on my knee. Um, <laughs> and that was caught on camera. Um, and actually, when I went to another show that I think you went to, Matt, the uh, Fight Club Pro DTTI, the following Easter, um, LAX were there and I met them and I showed them that and they absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, and again, that was just a fantastic introduction, live introduction to progress for me. Um, Matt, you've been doing it much longer than me. What was your first progress show? So my first progress show was chapter 37, which was the show directly after their first ever big show in London. So just to give you a bit of context, we had the main event was Mark Haskins against Zach Gibson for the progress championship. Uh, Mark Haskins was the, was the champion at the time. Rampage was the Atlas champion and he had a match against Mikey Whiplash. Here's the, get this right for people. This was a number one contendership for the four-way, uh, a four-way contender, fatal four-way for the Progress World Championship number one contenders. We had Marty Skirl, Pete Dunn, Trent Seven, Joe Coffey. And the match was interrupted by Jimmy Havoc at the end. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, and um, we had, we also had the South Pacific Power Trip in the form of TK Cooper and Travis Banks with Eddie Dennis and Mandrews against Dave Mastiff and Nell Liguero. You know, there is a lot of, I don't, you know, the question is, is was progress successful because of the wrestlers or the wrestlers successful because of progress? And I'm very much of the opinion that the wrestlers made the British wrestling scene what it is. Mm-hmm. And my God, like the, the talent, and, and obviously we can see with, you know, a lot of those names are either in other companies now or on, on NXT UK. You know, there's a lot of big names that have gone. The big thing I want to point out when it comes to progress is if you watch it, on on demand and think it looks a bit pants. I agree with you. I don't think the filming of it is that good. If you look at other wrestling companies, other indie wrestling companies, they really make a strong effort with their filming. I'm thinking particularly of Riptide. If you haven't done, go watch a Riptide show online. They are shot amazingly. Progress has this, what they call a house style. I would not call it that. I would just call it looking a bit shit um style of, of filming and it just means that what i'm trying to say is progress is a live experience first and something to watch online second you don't you don't really understand progress until you've seen a live show if you go to, if you ever go to go see wwe live you're miles away from the ring they've got all the stands and stuff there is nothing between you and the wrestlers you're at most if you're on the front row two feet away from the ring you know, it's all happening, like, in your face, like it is that close to you. Um, and so it means you can hear everything. So it means, you know, if they're having conversations and chatting and stuff. I remember once I was watching a match when Paul Robinson was getting beaten up and the referee, and he was on the, he was on the apron, uh, not the, he was on the, um, the, the, the aisle. And uh, the referee came out and I was like trying to get him back in the, back in the ring. And Paul Robinson was like, He's, 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 he's horrible. He's beating me up, ref. And the ref was like, well, maybe you shouldn't swear so much, Paul. You know, just little moments <laughs> like that. And I burst out laughing. And no, and I had, like, that, that, literally only about four or five other people will have heard it. It was a wonderful little moment. 
And that's what progress is. Progress is about the live experience and about those live moments. So, you know, the, the fact that you brought up, and the, and the problem is we could do an entire episode saying, go watch this match, go watch this match, mm-hmm. go watch this match, and we'll miss about 40. Because the truth is, is there's lots of different, every, every chapter has a particular moment, you know? So yep. for, for, your, for, your, for the point you were saying about that 10-minute match between uh, Mandrews and Pete Dunne, um, there's, you know, second on the bill, I saw one chapter, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tyler Bay. And them sort of basically just stretching each other for 20 minutes and beating the crap out of each other. And that was absolutely incredible. No title, mm-hmm. just, just, just because we want to see these two guys wrestle. Let's put it on. And that's mm-hmm. what's so great about progress, I think, sometimes. I think what we'll do, just because I was going to go into some of the other shows that I've been to, because I think what Progress do well is champion young talent, but that will take us nicely into natural progression. So what I'll do first is we're just going to go into the Atlas Championship. Now, Callum, are you familiar with what the Atlas Championship is? Is it the one that's has it been renamed now? Not necessarily renamed. Not renamed they essentially but... retired it. But do you know... Um, I think the best way to put it, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, Matt, is that it's almost the opposite of the X Division Championship. I say it's the opposite of 205. It's, it, it's, okay. a, it's, an, okay. inverse, it's an inverse cruiserweight belt. Basically. It's for the big guys, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's big lads wrestling. That's what it is. Yeah. Because I'm sure they put in the stipulation that they had to be over 205 to fight for it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, which actually, now thinking about it, is hilarious. The fact that Trent Seven was Atlas champion for such a long time, and now his current storyline in NXT UK is that he's trying to drop to 205 so he can challenge for the Cruiserweight title. Um, yeah. So your inaugural Atlas champion was uh, Rampage Brown. What a better person to put it on. Um, he had an absolute stonk of a match with Walter where the rope broke. Um, yeah, that would have been frightening to me, though, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, he lost the title to Matt Riddle. Again, you know, yeah. look at where Riddle is now. Um, who then lost it to Walter, then back to Riddle, then back to Walter. It was then vacated uh, because Walter voluntarily vacated it after he won the world championship, at which point it was won by none other than UK legend Doug Williams in a fatal four-way match, which also included Joseph Connors, Rampage Brown and Rob Lynch, which was in, I think, is that the biggest Manchester show that they've done? Because it was at Victoria it Warehouse. Was at Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. I'm, kind of, I'm such a progress nerd, aren't I? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the biggest, it's the biggest show they've done outside of London. And it was at okay. Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. Um, and then Doug then lost it to Trent Seven, which meant that Doug retired and that was at Wembley. And then Trent then lost it to Walter technically, because at which point it was unified with the World Championship. And then, then they then retired the Atlas Championship. Um, before we get on to what replaced the Atlas Championship, do you have any kind of specific memories of the Atlas Championship? Any matches that you want to kind of point out that were really good for you, Matt? What was nice about the Atlas Championship was because the progress, generally speaking, the progress roster wasn't, I didn't have that many big guys in it. It meant there was a really nice run where Rampage Brown, it was treated like an open championship. So it mm-hmm. meant that whenever there was the run of where Rampage was the champion, it was like, well, I'm going to turn up and I'm going to have a fight with someone. I don't know who it will be. And let's find out. And, you know, so you'd have people from other companies come in and, and have matches and stuff. And that was great. My fondest memory really is of, is Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle having the championship because it was his first big championship that he was given as an indie wrestler. 
and he really ran with it. So um, there's there's shots of him at NXT Takeover a couple of years before he was signed, where they're showing um, the commentary team the talking, and then he just jumps up in the background with the Atlas title and then disappears again. Um, you know, he took he literally you know he ran with that belt. You know, he really took it and ran with it and made it into a into quite a big thing internationally. Um, so gave it that sort of credence. Um, yeah, that's my main memory, I think. So. What happened then was the Atlas Championship was um, replaced by the Proteus Championship. And the idea with Proteus is that I was going to refer to him as a Greek god. That might be right, but I'm not going to just in case it's incorrect. Um, is that you? if you're Proteus Champion, you decide the stipulation of the matches that you are going to defend it in. So Paul Robinson was the inaugural Proteus Champion. He then decided that he was going to defend his championships um, where he could only lose the title by being knocked out or tapped out, which very much fits with Robinson's, I suppose, gimmick or persona. Now, he is so far the only person to have held the Proteus Championship. He has recently decided to part ways with progress. Again, we're not necessarily going to go into that here. Um, but is there anyone that comes to mind, Matt, who you think would be an, an ideal person to hold the Proteus Championship soon? <sighs> That's a good question. I'd quite like one of the women to hold it. Oh, that's a shout. I like the idea that you could mix genders with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. Big, I mean, I, I yeah. Um, I think, um, I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be quite fun for some, yeah, for someone like, for someone like Shikara maybe to get it. She hasn't mm. been seen on progress a lot recently, but when she was on, she was really getting, she was really starting to do really well. And it'd be nice to have to give her something like that. That'd be a fun little opportunity, I think. Um, or, oh, frankly, any of the women who win the Thunder Bastard um, that's happening uh, on Saturday, the, the second chapter show that's happening on the WWE Network, if any of the, if any of them would win it, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, because I think if we if we think about possible stipulations that you could put on a championship, to me, the obvious one now because of the hardcore championship is just to have it as a no rules match. But it could be anything from Every, every defence is a ladder match. Every defence is a submission-only match. So there's so many possibilities. And I think you've really got to kind of find somebody who maybe has a niche to them and their personality um, and the, the gimmick or the persona that fits a specific stipulation. Um, Chris Widgway has just come to mind as somebody who, again, could do it in any kind of sort of match. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to... Before we pro preview um, what's going to happen at Progress and what's happened recently with the Natural Progression series, I just wanted to go back to this idea of Progress championing young talent. And that really links into the other two Progress shows that I went to. And I think, Matt, you were there for both of them as well, or you probably were. Um, so <laughs> chapter, <laughs> chapter 92, Entertaining Friends. Um, LJ Cleary defeating Chuck Mambo, who... And this was the first time that I'd really known who LJ Cleary was and knew anything about more than hype. And I tell you what, the theme song that Progress gave them was a little earworm for me for the next few days after that. Um, and then his tag team partners, Darren, Ke Darren Kearney and Nathan Martin, were in a tag team match later on in the show against um, DNR with Spike Trevay and William Eva. Um, you've got people like Lana Austin, who, again, I've seen a couple of times and it has popped up a couple of Progress shows. Connor Mills is another one. Um I'm not too sure, and this, again, sounds a little bit um, ignorant of me, were the whole Mills and Mayhew thing that's split off? Because it seems um, to be that it's just Mills right now. 
it completely. And I think that part of this down to, I think, uh, uh, Mayhew went and wrestled in Australia for a bit. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, th- well, that, that show, uh, so Chapter 92, was uh, main evented by Walter defending the Progress World Championship against Ilya Dragunov, which, pff, yeah. Um, and then also on that show was Trent Seven and Paul Robinson. And they were two matches, which, so my wife, Amy, who comes to shows with me, she's lapsed a little bit in terms of watching wrestling. She doesn't watch WWE as much as, like, she doesn't watch, she's not really interested in watching NXT Weekly like I am. Um, She'll dip into the pay-per-views, but she actually felt the need to tweet or post something on Facebook afterwards saying, I feel no shame in being a wrestling fan after I saw these two fantastic matches today. And with Walter and Dragunov, you could hear absolutely every hit and it was brutal. Um, And then if we just move swiftly into chapter 96, so this was the last one that took place in Manchester before lockdown. Uh, You had Pretty Deadly, who are now NXT UK Tag Team Champions, which I thought was quite a nice surprise to see that last night. Um, They defeated the Young Guns, so Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs. Um, I'm going to come on to Ethan Allen in just a little bit. I've got a bit of a story about Ethan Allen. Um, Then Paul Robinson defended the uh, Proteus Championship against Travis Banks, so again, two stalwarts of progress there, or at least they were prior. Um, Singles match, Ilya Dragunov versus Karen Noir. I've kind of already alluded to it, but again, that was another fantastic match. Absolutely fantastic match. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what happened. What happened at Chapter 104, the first part of the Natural Progression series, and then we're going to move into what's going to happen at Chapter 105, Bring the Thunder. Um, Before we get into that, um, Matt, I just wanted to know your opinion on the new hosting or announced team that we've got. So for me, and this might sound a little bit cliche and a little bit emotional, Jim Smallman was always the face of progress for me. And he, I admittedly, I got quite emotional when I was at, so I was at the show like you were, where it was Jim's last Manchester show. And we all knew that we were going to give him a standing ovation at the end. It's just something that seemed natural. Um, I'd met him a couple of times before because obviously he hangs around in the shows and things like that. So I'd said hi to him a couple of times, coincidentally, higher. Um, and I, you know, I bought his book and I, re- I said to him, and this immediately just instilled in me what a nice person he is. I said to him, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I meant to bring your book so you could sign it. And he went, it's all right, mate. You can bring it next time. And that's the only time I've ever felt like a, re- like a wrestler or someone in wrestling knows or feels like we're going to meet again anyway, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and then on the last show, I took the book to him. He signed it. And then me and you went to the podcast recording, the Tuesday Night Jaw at Fab Cafe, um, which unfortunately never actually got released because apparently they couldn't use the audio. <laughs> well, well, you know. Okay, okay. Um, and at the end of that show, before I left, um, I just went over to Jim and I just said to him, like, for a very long time, I fell out of love with wrestling for whatever reason, whatever was going on in my life. Um, not to go too much into it, but you know, things like depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff falls through. And I found progress at a time where I then fell back into love with wrestling. And for an extremely long amount of time, 
during that time period, Jim Smallman was like the face of it. And he was the person who, if I saw him on Twitter, I just think progress. If I watched progress, it was Jim's introducing it. This is all nice. This is, I feel comfortable. I feel safe and all that kind of stuff. I give him one of the biggest hugs that I have given, let's just face it, an essential stranger in my life. Um, and it felt reciprocated and we went our separate ways. And that was kind of the last following memory that I have of Jim Smallman. Um, and I, I'm probably going to get emotional in a minute. Um, but Matt, just talk to me about Jim for a second before we talk about the new guys. Jim's the heart and soul of progress. That's it. He is and was. And it was always going to be an incredibly big hole to fill when he left. And I don't think it's one that can ever really be filled in the same way. He is... And he will never admit this because I had the same thing where I where I spoke to him. I've spoken to him a few times, and um, he will never admit this because he's far too um, humble. But he is the reason why a lot of people are in that room falling, who felt falling and fell in love with pro wrestling again. Um, and he is the mouthpiece for that. And he does not get. He's like. Him being in NXT UK makes sense, and I think that's great for him. Selfishly, I wish he was still doing progress, because that's where I like, you know, and, and you know, I should also say, as well as him, as well as his enthusiasm, he was also a bloody good ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Didn't start off that well, but he, uh, by his own admittance, he got better. And when he was when he was able to sort of sell matches, and you know. He would, you know, he, when he was introducing certain people, you know, you know, as an audience member, we were like, oh, let's fucking go. Okay, okay, come on, like, this is great. <laughs> and, you know, he's, you know, there's just, and, and he and he just would add little moments. There was, a, there was a match I watched once, and it was one of the Super Strong Style matches, and it was Matt Riddle against Trent Seven. And th- at this point, Trent Seven's a massive heel in, in progress, right? Absolute dirtbag, right? And uh, Trent's on the NXT uh, UK brand at this point, having been in the championship tournament. And he's just spouting to Matt Riddle, this is a round one of Super Strong Style, saying, you are never going to get to WWE, are you? Because, and, and he made like a smoking gesture. You're never going to make it because of this. You love this too much, more than your career. Absolute scumbag. By the way, at this point, Matt Riddle's hugely like popular with progress. The, do- the, 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 the bell goes, Matt runs and... Um, you know, Kinshasa's uh, um, Trent Seven, for lack of a better term. Trent Seven faints with his arms up in the air for something like that. Matt Riddle pins, uh, goes for the pin, one, two, three. And Jim Swanman says, the winner by virtue of knocking Trent Seven the fuck out, Matt Riddle. <laughs> and it was just a lovely little, just little things like that. You know, that that 12, that 12 uh, days of Christmas uh, match I was talking about, one of the things, which was a hardcore match, he introduced it, and then just as he was getting out of the ring, just saying, "Right, lads, have fun, go kill each other." Right, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. And so he is. He he was the heart and soul of it. He was the face of it. Progress not having a face anymore. May, for, I think for some people is difficult, um, and we'll have to see what happens with the future. I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, four words: Don't be a dick. And that set off absolutely everything that you needed to know about that show. And it was a mantra that 
I'm happy to say for the shows that I went to, 100% of the fans just adhered to. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so if we look at our new team, so our new show host, Roy Johnson, um, how do you think he got on on the first show that he hosted? I love Roy Johnson. I think he's great. Um, as a ring announcer, I think there's work. Mm-hmm. Um, his voice kept breaking. Did you notice that? I, I felt, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's great. I think he is one of, if not the most charismatic people that they ha- ever have on the, those shows. And I think it's the whole reason why he's got the Wasteman Challenge as often as he does that, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I, I'm fully in agreement with you. He's naturally funny as well. Like, you know, he's, yes. he's got a good sense of humour. I think, I, I think maybe, I'm just going to assume this is what happened, there was a bit of nerves there, possibly, about him maybe not having people to spar off and things like that. Um, admittedly, I was a little bit, and this might sound like a really thing, a really daft observation to make. I was a bit put off that he was ring announcing in his trunks. Um, mm-hmm. right. I just thought, I'm expecting you to wrestle. My head is just going, he's going to wrestle at some point tonight, and it didn't happen. Um, but if that's the way that it's going to go, that's the way that it's going to go. I'm happy to kind of go along with it and see how far we go. Um, in terms of commentators, I wasn't aware of Hustle Malone before this show. Um, I was briefly aware of Charles Crowley because of the things that he did before Christmas. And he had this weird cinematic invitational thing, which was actually quite good. Amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Um, coming out of it, um, I don't know what happened with the sound mix. There was a lot of times where Charles Crowley sounded a little bit quieter and it was difficult to hear him as much. But I really enjoyed Hustle Malone's play-by-play. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So, Me too. I agree. Yeah. What, 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 like, this is your first experience of it, Callum. What did you think? I thought, you know, obviously it was going to be weird without any sort of audience because, you know, I imagine that, you know, all, all British wrestling relies on on its audience. So I guess like for Roy Johnson, you know, coming out in a you know, little warehouse where you couldn't really get anyone in there anyway, you know, look, looking around and there's no one reacting to your music or, you know, just reacting to you in general would have been difficult. Uh, but, you know, I thought he did a good job because, you know, he obviously has, you, you have to have some sort of charisma to, to host a show. And, you know, once once you have an audience there in hopefully a few months' time, then I'm sure he'll grow as a, grow as a host. And I guess like the, like the commentators, you can't really be used to, to commentating ever in wrestling. And, you know, w- without that, reception either and that's really difficult just to be you know commentating in a in an empty studio yeah definitely, definitely. I, thought um, they, I thought the commentators did a really good job i thought they yeah they did they pitched it well in terms of not over speaking for the sake of filling in the silences where you normally get the crowd in i thought they did a really good job i i, I thoroughly enjoyed the commentary side of it definitely they had that real nice um it's not a cliche at all, but it's that heel face dynamic almost where Crowley was being obnoxious, you know, and, and like all that obnoxious. I don't know why I said obnoxious making words appear. Um, so I'm going to skirt around the actual natural progression for a second while we talk about the other matches on the show. So the show kicked off with Chris Ridgway defeating Gene Money, Spike Trevay and Omari in a number one contenders fatal four way. First of all, absolute right people to be in this match because again you've got Ridgeway and Trevay 
who have been stalwarts of progress for the past couple of years. And then you've got Omari and Money who are just making their waves into it. And Gene Money as a character is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene for SS16, I'm going to say. Um, surely mm-hmm. that's going to happen somewhere. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I love Spike Gervais. I think Spike Gervais as a character is one of the best characters in British wrestling. I yes. Can, and uh, he always tells me to F off on Twitter. Um, <laughs> or, or just calls me a twat. But I love him. I think he's brilliant. Do you think the right person won this one? No, I wanted Spike. Oh. To, I wanted Spike to win it, but I am biased. Okay. Um, no, I think. I think for for the sake of the next card, yes, because Chris Ridgeway kicking the crap out of out of um, Karen Noir and vice versa is something that's going to make me want to watch. Yeah. So in terms of, we don't have time to really build up a storyline our next show is going to be next week. Everyone's going to go and watch this match. He's the right person. But actually, maybe further down the line, we could have a Trevay-Noir rivalry, and that would be quite interesting. I'd love that, yeah. Um, Millie McKenzie defeated Mercedes Blaze. I love Millie. I think she's great. I think she's yeah. absolutely great. Um, Kid Lycos. Very surprised that Kid Lycos was back. That totally surprised me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. Really, um, it? I feel. I feel the way. I feel like with Kid Lycos now. Whenever I see him wrestle, is that I feel the same way that I do when I see Daniel Bryan wrestle. I'm yeah. thrilled and I'm really amused. <laughs> but then any time he takes a bump that looks ever so slightly awkward, I get worried. Um, so he defeated Chuck Mambo, who seems to have reverted back to his usual AO Mambo gimmick. Um, so I'm assuming we're without DNR at this point, um, which you know, fine, I suppose. Yeah, we'll do what we'll, we'll make do, won't we? Um, and then it was main, main evented by Cara Noir versus Dan Maloney. Um, Callum, just to echo something that I was talking about before about Noir's entrance, was this the first time you'd seen Noir? Have you seen him before? Yeah, it was the first time I'd, I'd seen him. I mean, I'd you know, read, read stuff about him and, you know, seen tweets about how good he was. But, you know, it was a really good first-time experience, I guess, watching him wrestle, but also watching an overall show. Mm. Um, you know, I think, I think about, like, the, the whole the whole card. And, you know, we, we've already talked about the, the likes of, you know, the Dunn, the Walter, the Bates. You know, where will these crop of wrestlers be in four or five years' time? And that's what I'm really looking forward to because, you know, this is, it feels like a new start progress. And the next, you know, 12 months is going to be really important for the brand to, in a way, regrow back to the level that it was in a few years ago. And hopefully, you know, you know, you've got Cara Noir who will be there, the figurehead of the brand for the next few months, if not years. Yeah. It'd be good. I am wondering, similar to you, were. Some people are going to be in the future. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll just enjoy where they are right now. Um, so if we get into the actual results of the Natural Progression series, um, J- Luke Jacobs defeated Man Like Darice. I wasn't expecting this. I thought Darice was going to win that one. Um, but then I think it probably does make more sense that you've got the young guns against each other in the next round. Um, yeah, the young guns being uh, Luke Jacobs and Ethan Allen. Yeah. yeah. So Ethan Allen defeated Kid Lycos 2 who is the former Joe Nelson, I'm right in saying, I think. Yeah, who was part of um, Anti-Fun Police. 
Yeah, he's, he's also the wrestler, fun fact, that I saw the most in the, like, the six months prior to the lockdown. Because oh, really? Yeah, every show I was at. And I should say also, incredibly talented. Yes. And he's, he's annoyingly young. I think he's about 12. Um, but he's, <laughs> he's super talented. Disgusting. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, it's annoying how young he is and how talented <laughs> he is. He's a great wrestler. Um, and really, he's got a good... He's got a cool, good future ahead of him, and I'm, I'm, and I'm all for watching. Uh, and then we get Danny Black defeating Elijah, which was another good match. Actually, I'd not seen much of Elijah before, um, and I quite like him. I quite like his gimmick. Um, nice little surprise that as well. I thought. Mm. Not yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then Warren Banks defeating Big Guns Joe. I think Warren Banks looks like an actual uh, actual star here. Um, I thought he looked absolutely fantastic. Um, just to very quickly mention something. Um, so the two wrestlers that I saw before lockdown, or just before lockdown, were Ethan Allen and Big Guns Joe. Now, this wasn't at a show. Um, <laughs> I've mentioned on this podcast a couple of times I'm a teacher and first and foremost I am a film studies and a media studies teacher but a couple of years ago I um, started a new role in the school and I'm the careers leader and previous to kind of lockdown and things like that I had a line manager who was on the senior leadership team and we decided that we were going to have the year 10s do a careers kind of carousel event that we we're going to invite loads of people in different careers, different employers, and we were going to basically send the attendees into a room and they can go and have a chat with them. So we were talking about who we had on our books and who we'd invited in before. And she said, oh, you know, we've got these lawyers and um, we've got people who work in banks and accountants and things like that. And she said, try and get, try and get someone different, will you? Try and get someone different. And I said to her, all right, I might try and contact some wrestlers then. And she kind of laughed and shrugged it off and just thought he's not being serious. And then I straight away went and emailed um, Future Shock. And I got an email back from Sam Bailey, who's one of the head trainers at Future Shock. Yeah, yeah. And he said, um, yeah, mate, of course, we'd love to do it. And actually, there was a little bit of a gap between um, him replying and us kind of doing the event. And I thought, oh, it's not going to happen, whatever. And, and in my head, I kind of gone, oh, it's a shame that they're not going to turn up, but fine. And then next thing I know, Ethan Allen's walking through reception of the school that I work at, carrying a TV, Big Joe's behind him carrying like extension leads and things like that. And Sam Bailey's bringing in a poster and they sat there. They had a massive TV that was just repeating future shock episodes and shows and matches on it on loop. And basically I'm just sat there watching students that I teach talking to these guys. And like, it wasn't soon after I'd just seen Ethan Allen make his chapter debut at progress in the pretty deadly uh, young guns match. And when I told him that his face absolutely lit up. And Big Joe just said, "Don't tell him that. He doesn't like it. Like he, he, he gets really shy and nervous when he knows he's got fans. Don't tell him that." Um, and it was one of the, not even a bizarre experience. I absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that I got wrestlers in to a careers event in school. And when I went, when I went back and told my line manager, I said, "Oh, the wrestlers are coming." And she went, "What?" I was like, "I told you I was going to contact them. Don't be surprised. That I actually went and did it." Um, so I was very much pulling for these, and I was very very happy that I saw them because. Yeah, that was a that was an absolutely great moment and a great day. Um, I've, I've, I've I've chatted to to Joe a couple of times at a couple of shows, and he's been nothing but an absolute gent. And um, and it's I always I, it's always nice to hear when you when you have when people have good experiences with wrestlers, you know. It's yeah. So it makes me happy. So that's really nice to hear. Well, um, I suppose it's a slightly awkward setup to a, to a conversation, but um, basically. 
obviously when, when you're working in a school, um, anyone that's in a school needs to have a DBS. Anyone who comes in without a DBS for whatever reason needs to be accompanied by somebody who has one. And um, the guys didn't get back in touch with me in time for us to clear their DBSs and things like that. So I walk, I had to walk them to the toilet if they needed the toilet. And uh, Big Joe decided that he needed a toilet. So I walked him to the toilet and we were stood in a queue together for a very long amount of time. And we just chatted. And it was just after he'd won, I think it's Breed who do the shows in a cave. He'd won their world championship. Um, and it was on the night. And I think you might have been at this show, Matt. It was on the night of they, they were doing a two double header shows at the Frog and Bucket. Um yeah. And it was the, um, the Schadenfreude and Friends. Yeah. And he told me, he said, oh, I'm going to go to that show tonight. Um, and I said, all right, are you wrestling? He said, no, I'm not wrestling. But what we tend to do is we just go to shows and see if anyone needs anything, see if we can help out. And then if the one man shot, I'll take my gear and I'll end up going on the show if they need me. And I remember reading the results and he wasn't on the first show. And I thought, oh, well, it was still nice for him to go. He was on the show the next night, though. Yeah. <laughs> so... The night before, so that first night, I spoke to him and I said, "When are we going to see you on one of these shows, man? I want to. I'm so desperate to see you on one of these shows." And he went, and he went, "Oh, you know, like I, I'd love to, but you know, it'll come, it'll come. I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll get there eventually." And then he came on the night after, and I lost my mind. I was so <laughs> so pleased for him as well. He fully deserves it. Great wrestler, yeah, definitely. They're great, absolutely great. Um, so let's stop gushing about people that we've met. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Uh, let's kind of wrap this up with the the show that we're all going to be watching at some point over this weekend. Um, for me, it's probably going to be Sunday morning, I'll be honest. Um, but Chapter 105, Bring the Thunder, featuring the first ever female Thunder Bastard match. So let's go through some of the matches. We'll carry on with the pro- natural progression because that's where we kind of wrap that up. So the brackets are, we get Luke Jacobs versus Ethan Allen in a matchup of the Young Guns. That's and then we get Danny good. Black... Yeah, yeah, he really is going to be good, definitely. Um, and then we get Danny Black versus Warren Banks. Are either of you willing to put your hat on the table? I'm, I'm, what, I'm making things up here. Hat on the table. He puts a hat on the table. Um, and tell me who you think is going to advance to the finals, so what the final match is going to be, and then who's going to win the natural progression. Can go I'm, on, Matt, you go. What do you, okay, I'll, I'll go first. Okay, then. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, Warren Banks and Luke Jacobs in the final, and the winner is is Warren Banks. Okay, Carl. I'll just just be a bit different because on our last predictions, I always said that the same name is Adam. Uh, I'll <laughs> go for I'll just go for Ethan Allen. Okay, okay. just for fun. First shout. Um, I'm just going to show you guys this. So these are my notes. Uh, Matt, I wrote exactly the same as what you've just said. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so and yeah. I, I did these a few days ago as well. So this is uh, I'm saying Luke Jacobs versus Warren Banks with Banks winning. Yeah. Um, no offense to any of the other guys, obviously, because we've just spoken about how much we love them and all that kind of stuff. But Banks was the one who seemed ready for it, if that makes sense. Who seemed to be a little bit more polished than the rest of them. But I absolutely love the potential of the rest of them. I hate, I hate to, I hate to say that. I hate to use that phrase, but he, he looks like a star. He looks like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he looks good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Karen not that, versus... not that the others don't, but you know. No, this is it, isn't it? It's like you say you give someone a compliment, and you're like, but the seven other guys that we've not mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then we get the Progress World Championship match between Karen Noir and Chris Ridgeway. 
I'm just going to assume that Noir's going to retain here, um, but it's going to be an absolute banger of a match. I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and then finally, we get the female Thunder Bastard, which I'm looking forward to. So we get Millie McKenzie, Mercedes Blaze. Say, should we explain? For those that don't know, the Thunder Bastard match is basically it's the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like a Royal Rumble, except they except you get pinned rather than going over the top. Yes. Yeah. First shout. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Um, so we've got Millie McKenzie, Mercedes Blaze, Lana Austin, Alexis Falcon, uh, Tayonga, I think I'm saying that right, Kanji and Giselle Shaw. Um, Kanji was someone who I'd seen a couple of times in the Defiant show, so I'm quite interested to see her again. Um, I'm pretty sure she was Defiant Women's Champion, actually, towards the end of that. Um, who do you think's winning that one? I would have said Millie McKenzie, mm. but her having the match beforehand, just in my, in my WWE sense, when they really profile somebody before a big match, then they won't win it. So I, I reckon she's going to get to the end, but she won't win it. I'm going to say Giselle Shaw, I think. I think that's a first shout. Callum? Yeah, I would have probably gone with, with Mackenzie as well. But, I mean, there's, all, all, there's been talk of her joining NXT UK at some point, and I don't really know what the, the partnership between those two brands will look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether this is going to be like a, a farewell to her in progress, then I don't think she'd win. Um, I'll, I'll go for I'll go for Lana Austin. I don't I can't really have much reason behind that, but I mean, she she was also you know featured in like a profile interview sort of segment on the on last week's show. Yeah. So, and and I've heard of her, which helps. <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever a reason to pick somebody, Callum, <laughs> that's what you need. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I want to say Shaw, but then I just feel like I'm copying off Matt. Mackenzie was my first choice. Mackenzie was the one that I thought, surely that's going to be it. So you know what? Sod it. I'm going to stick with Millie Mackenzie. And I'm going to assume that at the end, we're going to get Ginny come out and lead to their match somewhere down the line. Um, With Ginny still being champion, obviously. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think to kind of wrap this up, we're essentially what we've done here, hopefully, and it comes across this way, we're celebrating progress. We're, we're fans of the show, you know, we're fans of the promotion. We we were with it before lockdown and we were really excited about the announcement that came out that they were returning. And I, Matt, I'm assuming I'm speaking for you as well. I'm excited to see what happens next. 100%. And yeah. I, yeah, like you said, it's progress and the, and their shows have always been a big part of my cultural sort of wanting to indulge in you know my hobby my wrestling is my hobby and progress has always been a big part of that so it's been something I've missed for the past sort of year and a half or however however long it bloody has been Um, (laughs) so the fact that it's back in some form I will lap up with joy and I can't wait yeah I mean this is my worry and it's really a selfish worry Um, I've attended a wrestling show every year since 2007 um and that's only purely because last year we managed to get to nxt uk take over blackpool which i know matt you were at as well um and i'm i'm worried that this is the year that's going to break it because we might not get shows um 
which means that, I mean, if anything comes up at all, I'll go and watch something in Oldham's Royal Elizabeth, Royal Elizabeth Hall, Queen Elizabeth Hall, even, um, if it just means that I can tick a box that says I've been to a wrestling show in 2021 um, and I don't break my streak. Um, I'll, I'll go see some Greco-Roman actual wrestling at this point. <laughs> yes, let's, <laughs> let's just go and do it. Um, yeah. And again, just to kind of wrap this up, I'm going to assume Matt is probably the same, Calum, you might be as well. Is there going to be a progress show in your future? Are you definitely going to get around to seeing another progress show in person? I am. Calm. Yeah, I think I'll try and get to one in the future. Um, obviously, we don't know what the future will bring. Um, but, you know, one day, one day I hope to get to even more, you know, shows just in Britain. Uh, so if progress is one of those shows, then, then definitely. Definitely. Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. definitely. Definitely. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to send it back around the table. If you've got anything to plug, tell us where you are on social media, things like that. Uh, so Callum, if you want to kick us off. Yeah, thanks. So I'm Callum Owen 98 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me for, you know, thoughts about wrestling, complaining about Everton and Nottingham Forest and how they do. In about two hours' time of, of this recording, at Nottingham Forest are playing Derby in the, in the big East Midlands uh, game. So hopefully Forest win. Um, and at some point over the next week, I'll try and watch uh, tomorrow's progress show. And maybe in the future on a podcast, we'll you know, continue talking about British independent wrestling because hopefully 2021 will be a year of, of change for British wrestling after what the last 12 months has brought us. And you know, I just hope that everyone can feel happy and safe once again in not just the world, but in wrestling. Definitely, definitely. I don't, think I, put, I don't think I could put it better myself. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, exactly, I think that's exactly right, Callum. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter, ring Matt Bell. Um, I'm on Instagram. Follow me if you want. Don't worry. Don't like, no pressure. I don't really like, you can if you want, like, whatever. If you like Legion I, and you might worth following me. And if you like wrestling, then yeah, but otherwise whatever <laughs> sorry i'm not and very good at you, social media no it's absolutely fine you are not an average sub either you are one of us one of oh, us thank <laughs> you. um so i'm adam i'm on twitter uh, at farand on film and um, that's f-a-r-r-a-n-d on film as i mentioned on the last podcast um i'm doing my walking for cancer or walking all over cancer as they refer to it um so far i've raised 160 quid out of the 500 that i do want to raise and i've not even started walking anywhere yet um because it starts on monday which is the first of march um so if you can donate anything even if it's just a quid by all means chuck it in there um and basically my promise to you is that i'm walking 10,000 steps a day i promise i want to do it um yeah, that's pretty much it from us. What I do want to mention is we have kind of churned these podcasts out and there's an awful lot on them. There's an awful lot on the SLTD stream. So if you've not had chance, um, I would recommend that you go back and listen to, I think it's episode six, which is our wrestling with real life episode where we talk about real life storylines and things like that. What Again, one of the most uh, proud I've been of being on a podcast and things like that. Um, and then get a listen to the theme quiz. The theme quiz is having like an old kind of adventure of its own. It was only supposed to be a little side thing, but now everyone wants to get on the theme quiz. And apparently I'm a really harsh quiz master and young Tom, who was on it last week and failed miserably because get this guys, actually Callum, I don't know about you. You're very similar in age. I think to Tom, Yeah. Tom was born in 2003. 
Oh, wow. The Elimination Chamber is older than Tom. That's that's wild. That was disgusting, is what we learned last week. Um, We're recording another one of those tomorrow with Alan and Mike all the way from America. Um, So we'll see how well that goes. Um, And just to wrap this up, in the immortal words of Jim Smallman, don't be a dick. See you all next time, guys. 